Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean over the next three hours. You can follow me on Twitter at Greg Jarrett. You can read my legal columns and other articles on my website, thegregjarrett.com, and listen to my podcast, The Brief. I'm happy to be here today. This is uh, for viewers who are regular to the Sean Hannity Show. It's familiar turf for me. I've been a frequent guest on this program discussing criminal cases and legal issues, the various punitive investigations launched against Donald Trump over the last six years. I've been an anchor and a legal analyst for the Fox News Channel for the last 20 years. I wrote two books that were New York Times bestsellers, The Russia Hoax, and the sequel called Witch Hunt, The Story of the Greatest Mass Delusion in American Political History. And in both books, I sought to expose the abuse of power by government that has become so commonplace, so egregious, in particular, unscrupulous officials at the Department of Justice and the FBI. They have weaponized their vast authority and become a law unto themselves. And it's still going on. They seem to think they can do anything they want. They arm themselves with immense power and unlimited resources. If they don't like you or your political views, they come after you with a vengeance. They don't care about rights and liberties. They don't care about fidelity to the law. They certainly don't care about honesty. No, their goal is to punish their political enemies, whether it's parents who complain at school board meetings about critical race theory or pandemic mandates, or the targeting of Catholics as potential terrorists or persecuting pro-life activists. And of course, the flip side is that Democrats and liberals, they all get a free pass. They get protection. Hillary Clinton's criminal email scandal, the Biden family influence peddling schemes, to name just a couple. So this is a dual system of justice, this unequal justice. And frankly, it is symptomatic of a sickness and a rot and a corruption within our government. And sadly, it's been going on for a long time. And in fact, I've written a new book about government abuse. It's called The Trial of the Century. It's available now for pre-order online. Again, it's called The Trial of the Century. I hope you'll order it now. Just go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or other online sites. Type in the name of the book, The Trial the Trial of the Century, or, or just my name, Greg Jarrett. And I hope you'll get the book uh, and read it, because this is an important one. Publishers Weekly called it a colorful and dramatic account of one of the most consequential free speech debates in American history. And they're right about that. My book tells the story of how the greatest trial lawyer who ever lived, Clarence Darrow, had the courage to stand up to the government when it was unpopular to do so. When the government passed a law making it a crime to teach science, in particular, 
the science of evolution. And Darrow's intrepid defense of free speech, academic freedom, and the power of ideas, that helped form the legal bedrock on which our civil liberties depended today. And it foreshadowed our culture wars, our struggles over partisan censorship, these disinformation campaigns, classroom indoctrination of students where diversity of opinion and opposing views are banned. If you don't conform to a particular orthodoxy, you're punished, you're canceled, you're erased. It's been going on for a long time, as I say. And in fact, nearly a hundred years ago in the trial of the century. So let's step back to when it happened, the 1920s. Under pressure from fundamentalist leaders across the nation, individual states began to ban books. Any book that mentioned the theory of evolution was removed from shelves in public schools. Why? Because they believed incorrectly that Darwin's established theory of evolution conflicted with the story of man's creation in the Bible. It didn't, but it didn't matter that evolution was accepted by scholars and scientists and a great many theologians across the world. No, the religious fervor at the time was so strong that states began to cave in. In Tennessee, they made it a crime for an educator to teach evolution in a classroom, even though the state-approved textbook that students were required to read by law had a chapter on evolution. So that's insane, right? Well, a 25-year-old school teacher by the name of John Scopes, an affable young man, all the students liked him, was arrested, handcuffed, and carted off to jail for violating the new law. Well, the great Clarence Darrow in Chicago read about it. He was incensed. He was angry. He volunteered to defend Scopes for free, spending his own money to handle the case. And I should acknowledge that Darrow had an additional motive because leading the prosecution team was Darrow's nemesis, William Jennings Bryan, the nation's leading fundamentalist leader who helped the laws get passed. And like Darrow, Bryan was famous. He was a mesmerizing orator, a three-time presidential candidate. He had served as Secretary of State for Wood Woodrow Wilson. So the trial that followed became the biggest legal blockbuster of a generation. This titanic clash between two American icons, it was known far and wide, as the Scopes Monkey Trial, an invidious take on evolution. But it was also dubbed the trial of the century. And in my judgment, it truly was. Journalists the world over converged on the small town of Dayton, Tennessee. Darrow and Scopes fighting for the indispensable proposition that no one should be told how to think. And in the pre-television age, this was the first trial to be broadcast live on radio 
to a riveted nationwide audience. Newsreel cameras were set up inside the courtroom. They captured all of the events and flew the film every day to Chicago for distribution in movie theaters. Banner headlines appeared in all the major newspapers across America recounting what happened each day as the trial of the century unfolded. Now, the cards were stacked against Clarence Darrow. So was the judge who refused to let him call a dozen renowned experts to the witness stand. They were prepared to explain to the jury that evolution and creationism were harmonious. They're not in conflict. But having been shut down by the biased judge, Clarence Darrow was desperate. So he did something quite remarkable. He called William Jennings Bryan, the prosecutor, to the witness stand as an expert on the Bible, which he was. Now, of course, the other prosecutors and the judge objected. You can't do that. But Darrow was smart. He was counting on William Jennings Bryan's ego that he just couldn't resist taking center stage. And that is precisely what happened. Brian demanded that he testify as an expert on the Bible and creationism, and methodically and brilliantly, Clarence Darrow picked apart Brian and his insistence that everything in the Bible must be accepted as literal. With that, Brian fell apart. He was utterly destroyed. The New York Times described Darrow's withering cross-examination as the most amazing court scene in Anglo-Saxon history. I recount it in the book, but there's more. A devastated and heartbroken Brian died days later, still there in Dayton, Tennessee, his reputation in tatters. So what was the outcome of the trial anyway? How did the jury decide this seminal case? Well, for that, I hope you'll read the book, The Trial of the Century. Again, you can pre-order it online right now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble websites, or you can go to my website, thegregjarrett.com, because this case, the Scopes Monkey Trial, that incredible story that forever changed free speech, and academic liberty in America, that's why I became a lawyer. Daryl, you see, was my hero. And when we come back, I'll tell you about that part of the story, dating back to when I was just a teenager. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Greg Jarrett. And you can follow me on my own website, where you can also find information about my book, The Trial of the Century. The website is thegregjarrett.com. We're going to take a short break. This is Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean on The Sean Hannity Show. We'll be right back. And now, now. a word from the 46th president of the United States. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. Sean Hannity is on right now. 
Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean. You can follow me on Twitter, at Greg Jarrett. You can read my columns or listen to my podcast, The Brief, by going to my website, thegregjarrett.com. But you can also learn more about my new book, The Trial of the Century, available for pre-order right now at the usual sites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And how I came to write this particular book really dates back to the early 1970s. I was barely a teenager when one day, I don't know why, and I've never been able to figure it out. Maybe I was bored. Maybe it was raining. I plucked a book off my father's shelf. And I sat down to read it cover to cover, and then I read it again. It was a biography of America's greatest trial lawyer, Clarence Darrow. I was consumed by Darrow's courtroom exploits, the fearless, heroic figure who despaired of the dangers of conformity, social control. But most of all, he hated government intrusion and abuse of power. He upheld the right to individualism and self-determination, never backing down from a legal brawl. The lost and the damned, those were his treasured clients. He gave them compassion and hope. He detested the unchecked authority, unlimited resources of government prosecutors. In Darrow, the needy, despised, and oppressed found a champion without him. They scarcely stood a chance. I didn't know it at the time, but that book set a course for the rest of my life. I decided one day to try to become a lawyer. Darrow's most famous courtroom trial was the Scopes Monkey Trial. It became known as the Trial of the Century, the name of my book. A couple of years ago, I teamed up with Don Yeager. He and I traveled to Dayton, Tennessee, to the very courthouse where that trial was held. And the building still stands, the second floor courtroom, unchanged from 1925. We met with town leaders, including the archivist, who gave us access to the original trial transcript, as well as the judge's reporter's notes in longhand. And that formed the basis of our book. I studied the transcript and analyzed the trial. Don dug deep into the history of the town and the many colorful characters who participated in the trial of the century. And what we found was quite amazing. The story of this courageous battle to uphold a precious right in America, the right to think for yourself based on the principles of free speech and intellectual liberty. Well, today, those same principles are under siege by our pervasive cancel culture, conform to the approved ideology and liberal orthodoxy or else. In just a few minutes, Don Yeager will be joining me to talk about this legendary case and our book, The Trial of the Century. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter, at Greg Jarrett. You can read my columns and listen to my podcast, The Brief, by going to my website, thegregjarrett.com, and you can learn more about my new book, The Trial of the Century. In just a few minutes, Don Yeager will join me to talk about the legendary case and our work together on The Trial of the Century. 
Please stay with us for that. We'll be back after the break. This is The Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett. check in as soon as you get to your car after work for breaking information you need to know about. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean today. You can follow me on Twitter at Greg Jarrett. You can read my columns and listen to my podcast, The Brief. All you have to do is go to my website, thegregjarrett.com. Com. I've been talking about my new book. It's called Trial of the Century, and it's available, by by the way, for pre-order online. You can do that now at the usual sites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, but I want to introduce now as my guest, my co-author of Trial of the Century, Don Yeager. He is a New York Times best-selling author, longtime associate editor at Sports Illustrated, and a very popular, I must say, public speaker. Uh, you know, Don, thanks for being here. It's really great uh, talking to you about that project, which we have spent so much time on over the last two years together. And it's really, it, it's been quite a journey for me, and I think it has been for you digging deep into the trial of the century that actually began when you and I traveled to Dayton, Tennessee. The courthouse at the time was closed for renovations. You wrangled a key through the archivist there who let us inside. So take it from there, Don. You know, Greg, it was uh, it was special because, uh, as you said, uh, people were not making their way through. It's generally a place, uh, Dayton, Tennessee, quite actively uh, advertises itself as a as a as a tourist stop because of the history in this trial and uh, so normally it comes back where we are where we would have been in a courthouse there where there would have been a lot of uh, a lot of folks and instead we got the chance to sit and just soak it in we got to sit there and and experience what it would have been like in the heat of that summer uh, of 1925 to imagined uh, that trial uh, taking place. You know, and I remember being struck with the archivist had been kind, knowing in advance that we were going to get in there. And he laid out on the table in the courtroom in this huge book, leather bound, the handwritten longhand notes of the judge's reporter's uh, notes which told the story of the the legal obstacles that the great Clarence Darrow was trying to overcome and convincing the judge to allow him to call all these scientific experts and theologians to the stand to explain evolution. And that together with uh, a complete original copy of the trial transcript really formed the basis for our book. Would you agree? 
Without question. I think one of the things that's always unique about these opportunities to take on history, right? And to try to, to, to tell it in a, in a new create, in some ways creative and energized way, uh, is to look at something that's a hundred years old and find, find something new to talk about. I think that was what, um, most people who write about that trial or have in the past, uh, didn't sit and read it word for word as you did. I mean, you read the, the entire transcript, that ability to kind of get in and imagine as we sat there in that courtroom, um, what, uh, what Judge Ralston was doing as he was making it so, so abundantly clear that he had an opinion of how this trial should turn out. And, uh, and, and in many ways, he was making it nearly impossible for Darrow, uh, to be able to, to pull off uh, a victory in, in some way. So in, in Darrow's defense of John Scopes, the teacher uh, who by some accounts might not really have even actually taught uh, in, in his class, the, uh, the, the work that, uh, that he was being tried on. And so there was, there was so many elements to it in, in your ability to kind of pour into the word for word transcript Helped us to find um, little nuances, places where where the difference between the way uh, certain things were said, as you saw it through your legal eye, allowed uh, us to tell the story. I think a little more uniquely than it had right. ever been quite told before. What struck me from our investigation, our discussions with people in Dayton, is that some of the students there have never heard of the trial that made their town famous or infamous, depending upon your point of view. But I I think that's true for so many Americans, Don, especially younger people. They have never heard of the Scopes monkey trial. I mean, I've been working on this for two years, as you have, and I've talked to so many people uh, and, and the Scopes monkey trial. What's that? Evolution versus creationism. What's that? Uh, I mean, and this is such an important case in American history, forming the bedrock principles upon which our civil liberties depend today, which made it more imperative, I think, that you and I needed to tell the story of the trial of the century, the title of our book. But that lack of knowledge, that lack of awareness really shocked me. How about you? You know, it's funny, Greg, you and I had the opportunity. I, I, t I sent you a text the other day. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I just was in a Chick-fil-A for uh, doing a little work and, and, and uh, sitting there having lunch when in uh, proceeded uh, the the women's softball team uh, from Bryan College, which is there in Dayton, Tennessee, which is named after William Jennings Bryan, right? So it was it was because of his efforts uh, that the that the community decided they needed a school uh, in which uh, the the it would be named for this man who they thought was so important uh, as the defender of uh, creationism, and in that uh, in so there I am I'm sitting there in walk all these young women and uh, I decided to walk over and talk to them talk to their coach. I mentioned that we were writing this book and that it was about ready to come out. And I was met with a, with a table full of blank stares. Uh, several of them did not know exactly what I was talking about. Those who did, did not know that the hundredth anniversary of the trial, uh, is, is literally just a, a year and a half away. And so that idea that, that 
you know, that even right there in the, 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 the seat of all of this, uh, we found that, that people didn't really understand its importance. And the idea to me that someone like you that's covered so much, so many great and important uh, trials, even in your own career, uh, would have called this the trial of the century. I really, it really stood out to me from the very beginning of this project. You know, the, the ACLU back in 1925, they wanted to challenge this new law, correctly so, uh, that made it a crime to teach evolution in public schools because it allegedly, and I underscore that, that word, undermined the Bible and religious teaching, especially the book of Genesis, the story of man's divine creation. But Clarence Darrow's strategy, which I thought was so smart, was to prove that creationism and evolution are not in conflict. They are indeed harmonious. And he assembled this stellar team of the nation's finest scientists and respected theologians prepared to tell it to the jury. But prosecutors would have none of it. And the judge, John Ralston, who was so horribly biased against the defense, refused to let the jury hear that testimony. So Darrow, you know, down and out, but not defeated, comes up with this ingenious plan to call William Jennings Bryant to the witness stand, (laughs) the prosecutor in the case. Knowing that Bryant's ego was so huge, he couldn't possibly resist the spotlight. And Don, you know, Brian fell right into the trap. It was a clever trap, wasn't it? It was, it was, I mean, again, I'm not, I am not the legal scholar you are for sure, but I, in everything I have ever read uh, about trials, I've never heard of, of the defense lawyer being able to, to actually convince the, uh, the prosecutor that the prosecutor deserved to take a seat in uh, in the witness box, right, and to sit there and and actually answer questions about about whether everything in the Bible uh, was in fact true, and then he he challenged him with with individual biblical stories, and he he as he as you said, uh, William Jennings Bryan, amazing reputation, but amazing ego. He had um, he had experienced so much in his career. He was an icon uh, to to that side of the political spectrum, and for him to fall into the trap as he did, for him to he was in in some ways he was laughed out of that out of that box by by some people who realized uh, how he had let his ego get in the way, and in many ways things never recovered for him reputationally um uh, as as some might know it wasn't but just a few days later there in tennessee that brian died um so this was literally uh his last uh, major act and and it was a moment in which he um in by most accounts uh embarrassed himself yeah as I, I remember writing the book that Brian mistakenly ascribed his righteousness to virtue. And that that can be fatal. And, you know, for him, literally fatal. He was utterly destroyed by a withering cross-examination by Clarence Darrow. And, you know, the crowd that was so uh, for him turned against him, and they began laughing at him, and it unnerved him. 
he couldn't believe that his people were laughing at him. And he was wondering, are they really laughing at me? Did Daryl make a fool of myself, of me, or did I make a fool of myself? And of course, five days later, he laid down for a nap and died. Uh, but, you know, that famous cross-examination, which the New York Times said was the greatest courtroom confrontation in Anglo-Saxon history. Uh, you know, he... It was held on an outdoor platform. Yeah, that's what I love about it. It, it was the greatest, you know, courtroom um, uh, back and back and forth that had ever uh, occurred. But it actually didn't occur in the courtroom. Uh, the judge so knew that 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 this really required the attention of as many people as possible. He knew it was going to be that uh, that enormous of a. Um, an opportunity for people to to feel part of the trial that he they they moved it to an outside stage uh, adjacent to the courthouse a stage that is still kept intact today uh in part because uh it's it's part of history but secondly because they continue now today they hold a uh they they have a a, a scopes monkey trial um event every summer in which they replay parts of the trial and they use that stage to do so. So fascinating to me that they, that it happened um, not even in the courtroom. And with thousands of spectators watching Darrow eviscerate the great William Jennings Bryant. Um, And you can not only read about this trial, uh, if you go online and pre-order Trial of the Century by Greg Jarrett and Don Yeager. But you can also see the photographs. I dug these out of the archives in Tennessee. There's about 40 photographs of the trial. I gained permission. I wear these white cotton gloves to handle these old fragile pictures. And I used a high-resolution scanner to copy and download the incredible photographs. And they show, for example, the circus-like atmosphere that enveloped the trial of the century, complete with a, a trained chimpanzee named Joe Mindy parading around town, banging out notes on a miniature piano, drinking sodas at the local drugstore. I mean, it really was a circus. And, you know, I mean, it's that's just part of the story. And well, my guest has been Don Yeager, who's the co-author of my new book, Trial of the Century. You can order it online. Pre-order it. Uh, go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or some of the online sites that are out there. It's available for pre-order. And Don, you know, I have so much more I'd love to talk to you about. We're out of time for this hour. Can I uh, prevail upon you to come back in the five thirty uh, hour to talk a bit more about our work on the book, The Trial of the Century? Can you do it? I'd be honored. Okay, that's great. We'll pause and take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I'll be telling you what's ahead on the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean. Coming up is uh, my guest, Congressman Jim Jordan, to talk about Anthony Fauci and whether or not there should be a criminal investigation into potential perjury against America's so-called doctor. I'm Greg Jarrett, in for Sean Hannity. We'll be right back. And now, now, a 
word from the 46th president of the United States. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Sean Hannity is on right now. Back now to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in. Coming up next, Congressman Jim Jordan. He'll have the latest on the investigation into Dr. Anthony Fauci's suspected cover-up, as well as the latest in the Biden family corruption scandal. We'll be right back on the Sean Hannity Show. <laughs> 